So today we're talking, we're in the series that we've been in, uh, in the and um, there's this one little tiny little uh, verse. It's not even a, an entire verse, but it's the saying that Paul um, uh, has, and he refers to it throughout not only Thessalonians, but this contrast between gods and the true God. Um, and for most of my life, I've heard stuff because I've grown up in the church. I've heard this and I've just thought it was irrelevant to me because I don't have a little statue bow to daily. In fact, we Protestants used to pride ourselves that we weren't like the Catholics who had these, you know, icons and, uh, you know, would bow to them. And so we would say, oh, you guys are practicing idolatry and we're not, you know, um, of course, we had our own idols. They just were different. Um, but uh, we <clears throat> we uh, felt indemnified because, hey, I, I don't have a statute, so I don't I don't worship uh, gods. I, so that passage I could skip by and it never had anything to say to me. And uh, but then I began to see my own idolatry and I saw it as something much more internal that manifested itself in what I want to talk about is how relevant this is actually really, 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 really is to us today. So First Thessalonians 1, and um, I sent that out to you guys to read. Um, and um, you can look it up on your, an app, a Bible app or Bible gateway. So Jim put that in the chat here. Um, chapter 1, let's just read it again um, and we'll get to that little part of the verse um, about turning from God. So chapter one, Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. This is one of Paul's favorite ways of beginning his ancient churches. Um, grace and peace to you. Grace and peace. And as you're sitting here, wherever you are, you just absorb for a moment grace and peace. These are more than words. It's the experience of grace and peace and feeling that internally. And I think that was the intention of Paul beginning his letters was, this is, this is a wonderful way to begin, is to begin with the experience, the experience of peace as we dive into some difficult subjects. And whenever we're talking about doing transformation and growth, it has to be coupled with grace and peace. Oftentimes it's coupled with shame and guilt. And those things, do they? Uh, not for long-term uh, transformation. And so Paul has some different words. Instead of shame and guilt along with your internal work, you guys need to be better, you need to do better, stop doing this, start, it's like, no, grace and peace, grace and peace. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. Remember before our God, the Father and Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance, I hope, in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. We talked all about you know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us in the Lord. For you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. 
So you became a model to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Drang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. For we don't need to say, need to, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. And here, tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the true and living God. To wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. I have more to say in the coming weeks about this. Thessalonians gets into some stuff that has been, unfortunately, I think, misused as a scare tactic to get people to join the church. Um, so we'll look at that. Um, so turning from uh, to God. The idols in Rome were plentiful. Uh, we'll look at, uh, I'll look at a few of them. Uh, Jupiter, Neptune, Mars, Apollo, Vulcan, Mercury. Uh, gods had different realms over which they ruled. Um, but they spoke to particular needs of the day. For example, Jupiter kind of ruled over things like vows made, or a lot of vows forms of contracts, right? So now how do we make sure that contracts are kept? Well, they're kept because there's threats <laughs> within the contract. If you do not keep up your end of the bargain, what's going to happen, right? In the ancient world, they didn't have as many capabilities them of executing on that. So what they did was they would call on the gods, may the gods do this to you. And Jupiter was one such god. Neptune was the god who ruled the seas, the ocean, the lakes. The, the, and, and so you can imagine ancient we're on a trip on a, on a boat, on a boat that was, uh, you know, that was ancient. Now, there's a good chance that a, a squall, a, you know, a storm could wipe you out and kill you very easily. You know? And so they would out of Neptune you know, make sure that you guard us through this time. And, um, <clears throat> and there are various other, because I won't go through all of them, <clears throat> but various other gods, ones that, that uh, ruled fertility, for example, right? If you think of the ancient world, fertility just in the sense of producing children, but it was also in like producing crops, right? So um, that was critical for survival. And so they would, they would have these gods as well. So all these gods had really practical meaning world. And isn't that they believed that everybody believed in these gods is like they are real or they are, there are various beliefs just as there are today. Uh, people did tend to be more mystical than they are today. But doubts, there were ancient, there were ancient uh, philosophers who didn't believe in this sort of thing. Uh, so just as there are today, variety of thoughts around this. Um, there are those who were culture worshipers, you know, like, yeah, I grew up Catholic or Protestant, but it was more of like a, or Jewish or, you know, or Muslim, but it was more of a like cultural thing, right? You, you went to church and you did the thing, right? Uh, how many of you is that, that's true for you? You kind of grew up, you grew up in cultural. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like, like a bunch, a bunch of people I know, you know, a bunch of you, it was the thing to do. So you did that. Um, and then there are those who are the true seekers of the ancient world as there are today. Um, and these true seekers really are hoping for something to be greater than themselves. They're, they're putting their hope in ultimate goodness and ultimate truth. And, 
And that meaning that like I work toward it. I really hope that that's true, that goodness will uh, this and over darkness. Right. So the true seekers and they're in every, they're everywhere. And Paul, when he spoke to certain ones of those in the ancient world, it was it was like speaking to people that were right on the edge of really like you're on the path, you're getting on the path. You're really. So come on, take the next step. And so Paul's invitation was to uh, was to was to follow. And many of these people who were true seekers when they would hear messages about God's ultimate love for them, God's ultimate grace, because they were true seekers. It's like click. Yeah, that clicks with me. That's that makes a whole lot of sense. And many of you come in a church, you've had these moments of resonance, right? This internal like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. Right. When that happens, it's because you're a true seeker. Your heart is oriented towards and hope. And it doesn't mean that you're doing it perfectly. It doesn't mean that every day you're just like, I'm a seeker every day. I'm do-. There are days where you're just you're just trying to make it through the day. Right. <laughs> so uh, that's true of all of us. But if you would look over the course of your life, past year or six months, you find yourself more often um, having these, seeking these things out and finding resonance with something. This is, yeah, this is it. That's it. I want more of that. True seekers. But then there were also the ones that were um, in all of us. And Paul speaks to all of us. It's not like category. So it's not like there are true seekers and then there are culture worshipers. This is true of all of us. There's a bit of the culture thing going on within us. And then there's the true seekers, not culture worshipers, but culture that, that you did your faith because it's the cultural thing to do. And then there's the true seekers. And that's, that's true, not in categories of people. That's true within me. There's places where I'm just like going about it because it's the thing to do. And then there are places where it's like, no, I'm this out. But then there's this one universal that Paul addresses, and that's the, the issue of idolatry. Now, here he's saying you have turned to God from these idols. But then later on, he's going to point out the idolatry that's still within us, right? Because, in fact, the truth is that we all have. Now, here's what I mean by that. There are these compulsions that lie within all of us. And these compulsions, because they are within us, and, and you, you know that this to be true by thinking about it from a few directions. One is think about the industries that have been designed. Think about advertisements. Are advertisements there meant to try to make you want something that you ultimately don't want? Well, in some cases, perhaps. Advertisers are much smarter than that. What they know is that you already have a weakness, a compulsion, and then I'm going to play on that. So let's say, for example, you're already very aware of your physical appearance. And for you, that's a chronic, constant fixation. You're always thinking about how you appear physically to the world around you. Well, the whole industry of like looking right, you know, exercise, having the right appearance, you know, having the right outfits and so on, all of that plays on that compulsion. Now, all of us are susceptible to it to some degree, but then there are those of us for whom that is really important. Shame to even admit it. Maybe we try to hide from it, but it's there. Okay. Those of us who are chronically thinking about safety all the time, like the world's unsafe, very unsafe place to be. Right. So many things are, are sold to people like that. 
like, watch out, this appliance, it could blow up in your house and kill you and the whole, bring your whole neighborhood down. You need this appliance instead. I mean, it's, that's how, right? It triggers that within us, right? Or the appeal to success, to appearing successful, to having that, that, uh, that adoration from others. Wow, man, that really is sold in big ways. Like you can succeed if you chase this, if you get that, you will get this benefit of being viewed this way. So prestige, right? All of this appeals to all of us, but to some of us a whole lot, right? I mean, I could go on and on and on, and I will in a moment because we're going to go through a list of, uh, of many different ways that we do this as an exercise, right? What Paul is doing is he's, Grace and peace to all of us, because guess what? We're all idolaters, <laughs> every last one of us. And guess what? Grace and peace to you and to me. This is a different approach than shame and guilt. You know, you're all idolaters. You're no, no, no. It's true. So can we just relax into that reality and that truth and just be okay with it? And then begin to grow. So this is growth, not, not trying to mechanically make something. It's different. Growth is like, well, I need to nurture this plant. I need to help it. I need, but it's going to grow, and it's going to grow over a period of time. And that's what affords us. is not instantaneous. You have to change now because you're bad. But more so, okay, grace and peace. Let's allow the nurture of love and grace and peace to come into our organic structure and begin helping us. So grace and peace to each of us as we look at this a little bit more. These gods that were created and maintained for thousands of years, um, they are a manifestation of the interior. So here's a, a, a saying that I have a little quote here from, from me to you. The external isn't the solution to the interior. It is the manifestation of the internal. The thing that is present right now in our world is a manifestation of something internal to us, good or not so good. Out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus says the mouth speaks. Right? It's from within. The words come out about us. And we've seen much of this in, in the recent years. We've seen it for, you know, for many decades but we've seen it in the recent years with what's come out um, in the political world, right? A lot of stuff, a lot of this has come out of the mouths of many people. And Jesus says, look at the internal. I mean, it's a reflection of the internal. That's what it is, right? Um, it is not what goes into a man that defiles him, but what comes out of him, uh, Jesus says, right? Things that happen internally. I love a quote from Richard Rohr. This is what Jesus offers people through his ministry, an experience of inner authority, powerful enough to heal them and set them free from whatever keeping them trapped. Cynthia Bourgeau says, that's true sovereignty. That's true sovereignty, internal power to not be driven by these compulsions. 
a lot of the fight that's happening and you can see it. So let's start externally because it's easier than to start internally. Let's look at externally, right? Let's judge everyone else for a moment, right? So the world around us, they're all nuts, right? Cool, right? We're good. But the world outside of us, crazy, real crazy people out there. Um, and it's so easy to see how they're, you know, they're fighting for freedoms. Like they, they want freedom. This, I want my freedom. Don't allow me to do that. Don't make me do this. Don't, don't, don't control me. Um, everybody's shouting for freedom, right? Like we want, and then there's this other, and, and, and there are others of us who are like, oh, stop being so, you know, wearing masks or whatever. And, you know, wear your masks and this is for the social good, right? But, in, but the truth of it is, all of us have areas in which we are fighting against something. We are resisting something. We feel like we're being controlled. And if we were back internally, we'd realize that the, that the, the, the sovereignty that, that we're lacking is an internal one. It isn't external. It isn't like you're trying to control me, so I'm going to fight back against you and, and put you in your place. And freedom. No, 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 it doesn't start by fighting the outside. It starts by recognizing I am controlled by my own compulsions. That's my problem. And as long as I'm controlled by these inner compulsions, I'm not experiencing this freedom that Richard Rohr and Cynthia Bourgeau talks about. And Jesus, most importantly, talked about. Which is also the reason why it drove every one of his critics nuts, because he seemed to be completely free. And he says, one has set free is free indeed. True freedom is one that's internal from the compulsions that we have that then cause us to become idol worshipers. Does that make sense so far? If it doesn't, please ask. (laughs) Please make comments. Uh, I'd love to hear it. Um, So let's take a few moments. And I want you to write down as I go through the list of beliefs that a lot of us have. Okay. And these internal beliefs, you will have more than one. You'll have several, probably. Maybe, maybe four or five. Maybe you'll end up with saying, oh man, I, I have beliefs. Uh, but write them down. If you got a journal, you got some paper, you got a pen, write them down. And then at the end, what we're going to do is we're going to pause. We're going to do this sort of guided uh, contemplation, meditation, in which we're going to try um, spirit, the divine God, say to us something different. Maybe awaken the truth that is also present deep within us. Because there is a truth that counters the lie that's also within us. It's this compulsion that lies to us, right? Compulsion for me is you don't have enough, right? So you need more, right? So I believe if I have more and I, you know, whatever it is, more of whatever, then I will be satisfied. And I'm never satisfied. Alive my, my, uh, my personality. But if I sit still long enough, I hear the voice of the spirit. And what the spirit gave me a couple of years ago, about a year ago, maybe two years ago now, was you have everything you need right here. And so I have repeated that over and over and over and over again for the last two years to myself. Joel, you have everything you need right here, right now. And those words... Those words do have an impact. Sometimes my compulsion's raging and I can't hear that. 
I hear those words come right back up in my spirit, in my internal being. And those are the words, I believe, of, this, of spirit. They're the words that are true. They're this wisdom that's already within me and I believe is within you and all of us here. So take a few moments to one speaks to you. Please also put it in the chat if you'd like or maybe ask more questions or make some comments. Um, so let's start at the beginning. Let's start with, I'll start at the beginning here. Uh, first one, belief that I am good. And then the behaviors that I, I, I have to, well, actually, you know what? I'll leave the behavior aside because this will get too thick and long and deep. And, and we only, and it's almost 11 o'clock and I want to make sure we give time for this. So we'll just do, we'll focus on the beliefs, the inner beliefs, belief that I am not good. Second one is belief that I am not loved or wanted. Third one is belief that I am a failure. Fourth one, belief that I am not worthy of love. Fifth one, belief that I don't have enough to meet the demands of the world. That I am not enough, that I don't have enough. Sixth one, belief that I am not safe. I'm not secure. It's safety, security, it's always beyond me. It's always outside. Belief that, number seven, belief that I don't have enough. That there's always out there that I need. Not only that I don't have enough for number seven, but that I need to consume in order to have enough. I need to chase. Number eight, the belief that I'm fundamentally weak, lazy, act. I've heard some people say this to, to right in front of me. I am, I'm just lazy. I'm lazy. Number nine, how I'm always the problem, always in the way. And I am the reason for my own lack of peace and my own lack of comfort. Hmm. So yeah, that is something in one of those may have jumped out to you, maybe several, maybe all of them. I look at all of them and I go, yep, yep. At different points in my life, I can say yes to every single one of those different days. Yes, 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 yes. They're all true. And so what I'd like us to do is this, which I will guide you into, in the truth of what Jesus might want to impart to you, to counter this internal compulsion. By the way, this is what the, the true meaning of conversion is, by the way. It's, it's funny how it's 
we've we've made it and i've said so i've preached so many sermons over the years in which i've used conversion in all various different ways but i actually at this point in stage in my life i've grown i've i've learned more and in a few years more from now more but at this point conversion means to me this is the true tra- it's the true transformation it's the movement from this is my compulsion to a yieldedness to christ meaning i no longer chase that but now i've relaxed into this one that i am whatever and this is the truth that you will see if god will give to you in this moment and this is a wonderful exercise for some of you you're like wow i've never actually sat and waited to hear from god <laughs> for anything and and so it'd be hard initially right but um but give it a whirl and it'll be experimental and see what happens for you. Um, by the way, some of you might have some anxiety around, well, how does God speak? Is it words? Is it? Yeah. Well, look, here, here's how it here. Uh, it works in various different ways for various different people. So there's no uniformed approach. But for some of you, you're going to have a sensation internally, physically. Now pay attention to the sensation. For some of you, you're going to have a memory. Pay attention to the for some of you, you're going to find your mind wandering. Pay attention to the fact that your mind is wandering. <laughs> this is all like none of it is is a miss. All of it belongs. All of it is pointing to something. Like, oh my, my why is my mind wandering? Because I don't want to deal with this. That's your. <laughs> um, and so I bring myself back. Like, yeah, I'm running from this because there's something painful about this. All right. So there's all sorts of ways that you may have. Uh, God may be trying to communicate through you. Maybe you'll have an overwhelming sense of emotion around something. And just stay present to it. And what truth do you want to say to me? What truth do you want to say to me? And, and, uh, and see what emerges for you. Okay. So everyone feel like you've got one, at least one thing out of that. That's, that's definitely, uh, that definitely rings true for me. And again, this is just a sort of like a nod your head, wave at me. Uh, I like participation. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> so wave at me, nod if that was true for you. On the count of one, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah, awesome. Okay, good. Fantastic. Okay, so at this moment, um, and keep your pen ready too. If you want to continue to write, please do so. But um, just take a moment and um, relax. See if you can start by relaxing your body. It's hard sometimes to relax the mind. So see if you can relax the body. You know, what you're just trying to do is just get rid of some of the distractions um, so that we can open ourselves up to hear what God might want to say. So take a deep breath in and out. In and out. And now bring to mind what you wrote down. Maybe look at it. And tune into that, of that emotion, the pain of that thought, as you look at that compulsion. It's okay to feel some discomfort around it. Of shame, just say thank you for your thoughts. But right now, I'm not moving towards shame, I'm going to move towards grace and peace. Grace and peace. 
And now, see if you can imagine the presence of, of the divine, the spirit, Jesus, or God. Just imagine in this moment, presence of the divine right there with you in person. Maybe it's helpful to think of it as, as person right in front of you. What truth does spirit What truth does spirit want to say? It may not be the opposite entirely. Maybe something unrelated will pop for you. If it does, just hold that. Hold that in the space of your heart and your mind with grace and with peace. Maybe write it down and just say more. If you have any, anything more you want to say, Spirit, I'm, I'm all ears. And if there's nothing in particular that stands out to you, what I'd like you to do is say the very opposite thing of what the I am not is saying to you. If it's I'm not good, say that right now. I'm good enough. And repeat that to you. If it's I'm not loved or wanted, I am completely loved and wanted in this moment. See if you in the emotional center. Believe that I'm a failure, that my worth comes from the way others see me in this moment. Just now I'm already successful. Belief that I'm not special. Oh, I'm special. I am the apple of God's eye. And don't let the fear of narcissism get in the way. Like the fear of like, you know, or the internal messages that say, oh, you shouldn't be. No, just agree with the, agree with it. It's ultimately frustrating when God loves us and we're just like, no, 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 no. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's it's just really frustrating. Like receive that love, take it in. I'll have enough to meet a demanding world. So maybe 
you start to fear and hold back. And in this moment, just, <clears throat> I have enough. I have everything that I need to engage this world. Relax. Imagine the internal part of you just opening up as your arms reach out wide to say, yes, I welcome and I'm ready. Belief that you're not safe or that in this moment you can say, my safety and security is in Christ. I'm good. All is well in all manner of things shall. Belief that you don't have enough and that you have to chase and pursue and consume and no, I have everything I need in this moment. I can relax. I can be still. Belief that I'm weak, lazy, without impact. No. Within my weakness, I am strong. Weakness becomes my power. Belief that I'm in the way, that I have to pull back, that I have to disappear, that I'm the reason for any lack of peace. No, 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 no. I bring myself, I bring myself into this world. That I'm already at peace. That even in the midst of discomfort and conflict, my peace is there. I will find it. It'll always surface. It never goes. It's good. I can trust it. And now ask yourself, what action step might Jesus call you to, might spirit call you to this week? Something pops for you. See if something just jumps out. Like, yeah, do this. Something that your fear, your compulsion has been having you do to avoid. See if spirit won't say something to you about what action step you might take. Good, good, all right. Lots of comments here. Yeah, Rob, I love what you put in there. We need others' approval to feel valued, valuable. Yeah, I mean, what I gave you guys is just like, it is very inadequate. There are many, 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 many other beliefs um, uh, around. So thank you for putting that in there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Not, uh, not that I don't have enough, but that I am not enough. Oh, yeah. Oof. Ah, yeah. Ouch. I felt that too. Yeah. That <clears throat> Man, thank you.
yeah, never satisfied, a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've always felt I was not holy or Christ-like enough. <laughs> Man, you're in good company as Jim says. Yes. Yes. Oh, good stuff. Justine, you are loved, you are enough, accept who you are. Amen to that. I am more than enough. Yes. My son just roared. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Rachel, thank you for putting that in there. Um, yeah. Knowing that there are so many people who loved me, but not believing that I am lovable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of work around people to like, like start receiving the love of God. Well, yeah, but yeah, but that's that makes it too much about me. Yeah, but you have to make agreement with God, right? When someone's giving you love and you don't receive it, that hurts the love, the one who's giving that, right? Same thing with the divine. So it's like the more that you say yes to, the more comes your way. Um, but it is work. It is hard. Yeah, Rob, for that, uh, or I'm a failure. Um, I got. I got from God, I'll make you wonderfully. I've planned of men. I've equipped you, empowered you to do things of eternal consequence. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. If we allow others to influence our beliefs, we lose what we know is truth. There's an, there's a depth to that. There's an, there's a turning to like, if I can, if I lose myself and everything else around me, I can lose my own sense of, the truth that's present within me. And that is so true with you. I mm, yeah. All love I reject is rejecting. God is trying to love me a hard lesson. Justine, amen to Mary Coco's comment. Yeah. Yeah. There's only listen to the internal <laughs> and some of us who only listen to the external and some of us who do a mix of in between and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, I'm going to hand it over to Mr. Uh, this benediction is a little um, overlap from um, Christmas Eve service on peace. And uh, it was funny when I was writing it. Um, there's this phrase in it where we speak kindly to ourselves. And I really just wanted to put in into others. But I felt like this real like focus on ourselves this week. And so that seems to be kind of a, a theme of um, focus um, on ourselves, like that's not being selfish. So it says, may we say yes to the good work of calling out what is uplifting, what is quality, what is delightful and what is worthy of praise on what we do well. May we grow in speaking kindly to ourselves this week, remembering our worth and attributes. May we trust that God is at work when we see only a small piece of that. As we intentionally revive and strengthen our minds in good news, may we participate in passing the torch of peace, illuminating darkness with light. So peace and grace to you guys as in ourselves this week.